0: crime liberty show with me, and Dobson, and him, Tim Patton. Today we discuss the Assange, Horowitz, and Zizek debate from 2012. Um, this discussion took place uh, when Julian Assange was still in the Ecuadorian embassy um, while he was claiming political asylum, and uh, at that time he had a show on Russia Today, and he got Zizek in with him in the Ecuadorian embassy, and uh, had a discussion with David Horowitz, the sort of neoconservative um, figure from the United States. Um, so they s- touched on some very interesting issues and is very much worth uh, revisiting. Tim?
1: Yeah, all three of the people there, Zizak, Assange and Horowitz, don't really need introduction. And I think they all performed fairly uh, are on top of their games here. But Zizak doesn't really need inter- any introduction to anyone who's been on the internet. He had the G Peterson Zizek debate. Um, Marx is from the ex-Soviet union. And you have Horowitz. I think Horowitz also is a very smart guy here. Now some of the comments I'll make, once we get into the clips, I think we'll explain why I think Horowitz is more intelligent than the YouTube commenters. Zizek himself thinks Horowitz is an intelligent person uh, uh, in the in the interviews. So so, uh, and of course we have Assange himself. Uh, Assange is we're doing this topic right now because Assange was just recently probably is going to get, get sent to the United States. Uh, probably. We don't, it, it's been approved. So this is a sort of topical in a way, but it's an old conversation. This recent Assange thing reminds Assange is kind of like a martyr, uh, uh, a modern day martyr here. Uh, so I think Assange's sort of reputation, what he did with WikiLeaks and the Iraq war logs and releasing, and then the subsequent treatment, Need to introduction. So I think it's really neat to have three figures there. If I had a, if I had time capsule, if you know, if we're in some sort of Graham Hancockian disaster, I would include this transcript of this debate because I think I think a lot of the issues discussed in this conversation are somewhat timeless. They're about local issues, um, but they're timeless. And I think Zsasz has a bit of a clownish truth teller quality. Horowitz is the sort of conservative, and then you have uh, Assange, who sort of is just there. If you have a little background you understand what assange is and isn't so i'll get you to the first clip here the first clip is about uh about five you know five to seven minutes in and uh it comes after they first talk about israel i'm not really interested in that right now Uh, i'm going to talk about the more timeless parts in here Uh, you can introduce the clip a little bit more about it So
0: so here uh zizek and horowitz are discussing the relative merits of the iraq war and horowitz states that the democrats betrayed george bush Uh, for um, being for the war, but then campaigning against it.
2: And then we should have stuck it to Iran. But Bush came under such attack uh, from from the Democrats. There's never been such a uh, seditious movement by a major American party. They all supported the war, not all of them, but the leadership supported the war. They voted in their majority in the Senate for the war and then they turned against it, and they lied, saying that Bush lied. Bush couldn't have lied about the intelligence because Kerry and uh, Rockefeller and Feinstein, all the Democrats, sat on the intelligence committees. They had
3: better intelligence than Julian. In, in, in the work that we do, the work that WikiLeaks does, we are uh, pushing forwards the boundaries of a certain type of liberty. That is, we say, protected by the First Amendment. That is the liberty to to reveal the truth about the world, to protect the historical record from interference, and so on. I saw this incredible poster uh, that the U.S. Army produced, which is a poster of Jefferson, uh, say, with a big statue of Jefferson saying, "The cost of liberty is eternal vigilance." That is the price of liberty, and it had. Uh, giant interception systems, people with guns, and uh, the Coast Guard, and uh, people looking out over the sea with with spy glasses. They had interpreted Jefferson's statement, which was that to stop a strong state, we must be eternally vigilant. Into, we must have a strong state, an aggressive state, a surveillance state in order we, to I, keep I, liberty. I,
2: I think it's regrettable that the state is so big. That uh, that our, our defense has to be so big. It's, it's absolutely regrettable, but it's a reality.
1: Alrighty. uh The comment, the what what Horowitz said here about the Democrats, all Feinstein, Kerry, Biden, etc., doing uh, sort of doing about face here. They had the intelligence and had the, you know, the. They supported the war in the Senate. You know, in a sort of alternate universe, it's probably likely that Gore, if 9/11 was basically the mainstream, if the mainstream narrative is true, and so forth, and various other events, probably many of these things would have happened anyway. Um, it's entirely true. The Democrats are just as pro-war as Republicans. Um, in a later comment, which we might play as well, Zizack entirely agrees with him as well that uh, the uh, uh, Julius Sand provides the, uh, the the receipts here. That you know, the first four days into his administration, they authorized a drone site. And the Obama administration, Obama ran on this sort of peace platform. Uh, uh, so yeah, so the they all three more or less agree, but they agree for different reasons here. But the, I mean, the first part is the Democrats are full, full of it with respect to peace here. And actually, one of the reasons why Assange is in the predicament he is now, ironically, or not so ironically, is the Democrats probably sort of betrayed him here, in a sense. So it, it would pray them if, if you believe them, if believe they're sort of Soft marketing message, which hardly anyone does, or hardly anyone intelligent does. Um, um, now Horowitz here I like because he's sort of an honest uh, Hobbesian in a way. Uh, that's 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 what I like about Horowitz here. He's very explicit out here, and actually many Democrats are technical liberal Hobbesians in a way. That sounds like a contradiction in terms. Um, um, but what do you make of that first comment here, and my two comments on that Swithen, what and the Zex there, Swithin?
0: Yes, it does seem that the uh, the Democrats are sort of hanging out of Sanchez to dry. Um, they could have easily championed his cause. But uh, given how the Democrats have become much more enamored with the um, warfare state since Clinton, that's something difficult to do. I mean, as you mentioned, uh, Obama, despite his sort of peace rhetoric, Uh, was far from it in the same way that, um, well, I don't think Clinton really pushed that as much, Um, but um, he's sort of very sort of uh, a Clinton-esque in his foreign policy. Um, With respect to uh, the Democrats being Libs or Hobbesians, Hobbesians, that's certainly true. Um, I mean, what do they want to do? They want to go around the world and make it, um, well, well, essentially the the goal of many Democrats, um, I think, was it Hillary Clinton? was um interviewed a uh, Walter Cronkite or Kite I remember right I can't remember his surname properly. And who was basically at the UN and how they just really wanted like a world state to sort everything out because that'd be just be the best way of doing everything. And ideally the Democrats with the sort of multilateralism would ideally want a one world state run by, by basically the UN on sort of quote unquote liberal values. Because this would be the way that we can bring advancements and uh, modern society to the, um, uh, to, to, to the world. Um, with respect to um, Hobbes, uh, uh, Horowitz mentioned this sort of Hobbesian remark. I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, as ever, the problem with Hobbes is, um, oh, yeah, we, we need a strong state to stop war against all, all, all against all. But then the question is, well, what stops the state from exploiting everybody who's left, who is not the state? Um, which seems odd. I mean, in a sense, Horowitz should, if he uh, supports the American military to sort of enact peace, he should really support, and he might do actually in certain respects with guns, I'm not sure. Um, he should really support the armament of uh, all groups. Um, well, no, he wouldn't say all groups because some of the groups are bad, but um, he should at least support uh, sort of um, widespread militarization of uh civilians in certain respects uh, so that uh, they can defend uh, themselves against um foreign invaders or the state um so those would be my sort of remarks on the, the As- first clip
1: Assange himself in that clip about 620 mark makes the you know it gets to the absurdity point we have like a prison camp named freedom in Iraq or you have a various you know Liberty you have a big you know aircraft carrier called liberty and it, It'll have like a, you know, this sort of military base in a foreign country called Jefferson, Camp Jefferson or some things, things of that kind. And Assange, I think, gets at the sort of absurdity part. But there's a certain there's a certain way you sort of see through enough of it. And in the opening clip, you know, Horowitz does the thing that most neocons will do. And, and I'll do it, too, if I run into a Stalinist, whether or not uh, Zizak is one um, is a. Uh, They'll say that's you know, for all the talk of liberty, the Stalinists are just as bad in that regard, in that with, with respect to those type of, of sort of factual liberty issues here. So I think uh, Assange de- definitely gets at the uh, at the absurdity part. Would you agree to that, Swithin?
0: Oh, yes, yeah, certainly. Um, I mean, having uh, military camps overseas, et cetera, called liberty and um, and things. Yeah. It, 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 yes, it's entirely absurd. I mean, he's entirely correct.
1: All right. Let's do the next clip here. Let's let's skip to 19. Uh, let's skip to 1940 here because this is this is more continues the same topic here. In a way, this conversation they sort of get off track in the middle here, but and they'll get back to the same track. So let's skip to 1940. Um, and this is more about uh, Assange agreeing about the, the Democrats again. The Republicans started the war. Everyone knows this here. But what's forgotten here is the, what in a way gets forgotten is, you know, Barack Obama wins the Nobel Peace Prize. And that's actually when it's under the first administration is when Assange gets uh, uh, things, uh, things gets put in here. So let's let's go skip to 1940
3: here. Four days into Obama's administration, he authorized his first drone strike in Pakistan. Who do you think Obama really is? So when he came into office, and actually when he was
2: running, he knew that his weak flank was the, was uh, the military. So he picked Pakistan. Uh, he has killed more civilians, and the left lets him get away with it because the left because the left is a religious force. It has nothing to do with principle. The left doesn't care about uh, uh, Asians being uh, you know killed by drones. Uh, you know. What what what, does he want to do? Out in the streets protesting what Obama is doing in Pakistan and Afghanistan. uh, You know, beyond, you know, I I don't have any respect for leftists anymore because I don't think they're principled. You see, here is our difference. We are both critical towards Obama. You are critical towards him.
4: You are critical towards Obama because you think he's a communist, leftist. I'm critical towards Obama because, quite on the contrary, I think that he is not a secret closet leftist. He is not. He
2: pretends to be a leftist. He is not. That's the problem. You don't know what you're talking about, Slavoj. I mean, you okay. know, I mean I've listened to Tarek Ali. I mean, he hates uh, what Obama's doing. But that, just because they're a leftist, he, and this, left these is- are your old lef- le- leftist friends.
4: Okay. But uh, Tarek yes. Ali is not my friend. I don't buy this democratic left bull... Of, you know, local grassroots democracy, blah, blah, blah. All I'm saying is that the problem which gave rise to communism is still here
2: with us. I'm afraid what happens no, if we is, don't that, find the solution. No, it isn't. The pro- yeah, the problems are going to be here forever. Yeah, but you know, there are problems that, and
3: problems. That's, that's, the, that's a yeah, realistic view. Okay, let's, the, uh, the let's hold but, Gentlemen, gentlemen. That we can change them. We have a lot of ground. <laughs> to... We have a lot of ground. We have a lot of ground.
4: We are two <laughs> fanatics, and he's a liberal trying to. We yeah. should maybe, <laughs> all totalitarians, he come together to get rid of this liberal
3: here. Thinks. We have a lot of ground to cover, and I, I do want to cover so it. Okay? Assange,
1: they are, uh, they, uh, so Assange, So the 22 minute clip ends with a good joke here at the end, where they, uh, uh, in a way, the two, you know, you have the sort of left authoritarian, the right authoritarian, whether or not they are, teaming up to go after the liberal Assange. And this is a sort of a theme that we'll pull out from the third. The, that that Zizak in a way, is probably the might be the least liberal person, ironically for being the communist here. He sort of comes off as a critique. Sort of comes off as the ultimate critique of liberalism here. But back get to the, get to get back to the point about the drone strikes here. We sort of have this sort of split in the um, sort of the current party here in the United States, where on the one hand you get this sort of hawks, um, the, the people criticizing Obama because he's not hawkish enough, and then you get the people criticizing Obama because he's too hawkish here. But uh, now there is a sort of usage of language here that occurs in all discussions, but it's probably definitely here. Um, you know, is Obama a secret? You know, Keith Carson attacked uh, Walter Block for calling Joe Biden a a, a Marxist or something like that. Uh, uh, this is where this is where wo- words at times betray betray the reality both ways. I mean, different uses of words probably have different meanings here. Uh, 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 but I don't I don't think it too much distracts from the issue at hand here. But I do I do think it is it is history that needs to be uh, stated, and we should sort of use those as as slur words somewhat. What do you make of those comments between 1922, as well as sort of CZAC's, uh, uh joke about going after uh, the liberal there? Um,
0: I think the most interesting part is Hor- Horowitz's claim that the left is fundamentally a religious force, and I think he's right. I think the modern left uh, are ba- basically forms of Christian heretics. And um, as long as anything is done in support of progress and, and the progressive force, it doesn't really matter uh, what the collateral damages. And so even if Obama you know goes into drone strikes, well he's our guy, and what he's there primarily therefore is to sort of um, bring uh, cosmopolitan values to the um, United States government, and of course, you know he, he's advancing melanin in America, uh, so that we can set up for an even blacker president next time, um, and, and that's fine. Um, Horowitz is—I would agree with sort of Keith Preston. Um, the non leftists who go about saying everybody is a communist or as a socialist um, is is laughable. Um, it, I mean, I mean yes okay if you want to just treat things on a singular axis between sort of like um, communism and anarcho-capitalism well, okay yeah it's 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 not ankh-capistan but i mean there are sort of meaningful differences between kind of state capitalism which you could argue is what we really have it, at present and sort of like the genuine own public ownership of the means of production i mean they are different um obama never really struck me as anyone who's usually ideological Um, He just sort of said the right things to get elected. He he seems the ultimate. He seems a professional politician uh, who used the presidency of increasing his social standing. I mean, he doesn't seem to be a particular ideologue as such. Now, people supported him are true. Um, But uh, Obama is just a a corporate Democrat, really, who just has the advantage of being slightly browner than the others. Um, So that. Um, so yeah, we, we, we see that. Zia makes an interesting point. You know, this is like if if any of the authoritarian regimes come into power, the liberals might get uh, removed in certain respects. That's in, that is, um, in entirely possible. Um, so those th- those would be my my uh, comments on that clip, part of the clip.
1: Oh yes, great point about great point about how the left as a religious uh, movement here. That that's that that and, and it's sort of post-Christian type heresy that that's that's entirely uh that's entirely the case here. I think Z, uh, and the third clip we're gonna do here, uh, Horowitz will make the same Horowitz will actually make that point that it is a religious uh, movement here in the United States and for that matter Britain here to the extent that Britain has overseas influence, it doesn't it does it, internally it does, but externally it doesn't really matter as much um here, but the third clip we're gonna go to is back to the middle here. Um, um, And and, uh, this is where uh, Horowitz gets into more of the, you know, actually start the clip here at like 1445. Let's start this clip at 1445. It's a little longer here, but it gets into the utopian aspects. Wasn't this
4: maybe... The unique period in human history after World War II, the welfare state, where so many people live in such safety, uh, 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 freedom, and so on, don't make too much fun of Europe. It was a great thing as far as it lasted. Oh,
2: and It was a disastrous period. Europe, Europe is a cultural theme park. It's insignificant. That's what happened. That's what your welfare state did. It just took... You are out of the
3: picture. I, I have the had, had personal, or, I have oh, had sure. personal experience with, with the socialist dream paradise of Sweden, and I can tell you, it is nothing like the advertising. But it more wasn't 20, 30 years ago. I still insist on this. Something has broken there. Yeah, the Swe- the Swedes have no morals. D- David, the striving towards utopia, the striving towards a better position, even if, even if that position is liberty, it is more liberty that is a striving, a direction that people wish to have, that they can measure contemporary events by the direction of their hopes and ideals. H- have we now abandoned that to religion? Because religion is there waiting in the gap to, Utopia to, see, to seize on, utopian visions. People can't live
2: with, with the sense, most people can't live with the sense that their lives are meaningless, that they you just know, born and die and are forgotten. Uh, So if you're a religious person, then there's a divinity who's gonna make, sort it out in the afterlife. there redemption in the next life. If you're not religious, you want a redemption in this life. That's what the left is about. It is a religious movement. And it's not an accident that all these these utopianisms, whether it's uh, communism or fascism or Nazism. Or liberalism. Or or what?
1: Or liberalism. It's also a utopia. So I'll start. I'll start with the first comment he made back at 1445. One of the comments Zizek made is that one of the comments Zizek made is that uh, the welfare state in the sort of post-war period turned large parts of Europe into a cultural theme park, um, and I, I think that point is entirely true. <laughs> it's sort of sad, but in a way. In a certain ethnic way, in a certain uh, sort of political way. Now, somewhat of the influence. A lot of it's the influence of the United States, but uh, uh, I, I think that's entirely true. Would you agree with that, Swetha?
0: I think that's partially true. Although uh, Europe would have not been as a dynamic force anyway after the Second World War, even if they hadn't had the the welfare state. I mean, um, America, by um, historical accidents, it would seem, is just completely. Um, the the almost the, the, the by far the biggest beneficiary of both the first and second world war. I mean Europe just basically killed itself and ran out of money. And then the Americans were gonna come in and just uh, sweep up at the end again, I've been in the First World War. Um so yeah, I don't think the welfare state was particularly handy for dynamism and development of culture and uh the economy of Europe. But I mean um they were never going to be in a particularly great state after two massively expensive wars uh and especially the germans who were you know basically bombed out well they weren't bombed entirely out of existence mm-hmm. um but uh, there was a lot of damage so uh, welfare state doesn't help but I, yeah i mean you'd be interested to compare the economic responses and cultural responses to major wars in the absence of welfare state with it um so maybe my maybe horrocks is more right than i give him credit for um but I, I don't think you understand point, that.
1: One of the points that I think it's not related to this discussion per se, but one of the points is that now you could say the United States is just further behind the cultural curve. That's that's one option um, that there's a kind of there's a kind of way in which the secularization hypothesis might be true. But the United States has, in a way, stayed uh, closer to like late 1900s values. And we still have the Second Amendment here in, in Britain. It took. Britain was the one of the last, you know, Europe got rid of those kind of things, rules first. Britain still had them up until, like, I think the Thatcher years. Um, But there's certain, like, church attendance here declined, took longer to decline here in the United States than it did in Britain. Of course, you could argue those are sort of woke churches. In some ways, they are. In some ways, they aren't here. But I think there's certain aspects of secularization here. And you could sort of point that to the welfare state. I think that's, I think that might be, like, the cause that, because, like, if you have the option to free education, free college free, you know, it makes you less this this is sort of the this is sort of the dark side of the moon problem that a lot of socialist conservatives have or the traditional conservatives who support the welfare state is it sort of unbridles you from your family. like many people still work at jobs here United States just so they and stay married just so they can get health care through their their parents or through their wives through their spouses. so it's sort of now you can say, well, that's 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 sort of a roundabout solution. And I agree. I agree in a certain sense. But I do think I do think there's more merit to that argument at times. And than, than it's put out here. I think there's other factors. Well, the next part is the you know, the societies like Sweden. If you remember, why is Assange in this situation? It was Sweden who made this rape allegation charge, uh, which is totally bogus. I mean, that that's actually the initial arrest warrant for it was not for the Astronauts Act. Everyone knew it was a cover. Um, but like, you know, this is one of the – in Britain, again, it's just – we had an episode up with Sean Gapp here. Um, well, how did Britain become so subservient to the United States? Pierre Hitchin has a great quote about this. You know, any Britain who criticizes him could be hauled off to a federal dungeon now at this point. Um, it's sort of a way in which the U.S. security state is basically – outside of Russia and China is basically sovereign. Maybe, maybe that certain parts of Latin America is basically sovereign everywhere. Uh, And this is another area where Europe just sort of lost its sovereignty here, for better or for worse. I mean, Sweden went along with it. This is this is sort of like the Ben Burgess. And for that matter, like the the normie socialists in the United States will point to Sweden as like a model, except not for COVID. They will not point, but they'll point to Sweden as sort of like a generous state. And this is a state that's basically sold out one of the biggest truth tellers in the world without that rape allegation charge, you know. There's a certain way in which Assange could maybe gotten to Cuba or to Russia, and he would be having a much better life here. So what do you make of those comments, Swithin, here, with respect to the I made there? Swithin?
0: Oh, no, it's certainly the case that um, the welfare state uh, does um, create um, cultural uh, decline. Um, It lowers, so it increases time preference significantly. It makes you sort of subservient on the state. That is all certainly true Um, uh, with respect to uh, Sweden. Sweden is interesting in certain respects, um, because as uh, Zizek mentioned, um, Sweden used to have a much bigger state as a proportion of GDP. Um, I think that the government spending of proportion of GDP, I think, hit like 80 percent in the late 1980s. And then it sort of uh, significantly diminished so much so that it's sort of like reasonably indistinguishable from places like France and Germany. Uh, to a large extent, very much the sort of the um, um, government spending's proportion of GDP between like 40 and
1: 50%. Which is still higher than the United States, but keep going. We're probably.
0: Yeah, 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 it, it is. But um, the US one's quite difficult to measure because of the um, the state's funding. I mean, on the federal level, yes, but then you've got to take into account the state expenditures and stuff. So, yeah, it, it is. But I mean, um, I would say fundamentally it's still the same economic model. It's just there's slightly more welfare and. In uh, Sweden and slightly more capitalism, as it were, in America. Um, but uh, and so Sweden culturally is obviously uh, apart from the lockdowns. Interestingly, have sort of like uh, gone in the gutter. Uh, I, I hear reports of, of um, a this in, yes, this was in Sweden. Yeah, I think it was in Sweden. Uh, but there was um, a, a report put out as a as a um, investigation into rapes in Sweden. And he uh, didn't look at didn't try to find this information, but found that most of them were done by migrants and um, is now facing uh, jail time for having uh, revealed something that was supposed to be kept hidden in Sweden. And yeah, the rape allegations were hilarious. The rape allegations for memory was, oh, no, she said yes, but and uh, that he was wearing a condom, but then he took it off. It's like, hmm, this sounds really, really bogus, and I have no idea. I mean, they should be thrown out of court. I mean, how on earth are you going to prove that uh, to any sort of criminal standard is just uh, it's not possible. Unless you have videos, uh, had videos, uh, had video cameras in the room. It was a setup. I suppose that's possible. But um, I've never I've never heard of that. And yeah, obviously, with the absence of that, you know, get out of the way, get to, keep, probably get to South America is probably the safest place to go. Uh, or he can meet up with uh, Snowden in uh, Russia, I suppose. Um, but um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I, Horowitz's claim isn't entirely wrong. Um, I just think um, you've at least got to be self-conscious of how relatively better off the Americans came out of the Second World War than Europe.
1: But you did. do. Agree, but you do agree that the ruling classes, of it took the ruling classes of Sweden and Britain to basically collude to get Assange into the current predicament here. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, of course they did. I mean, it, I mean, it's obvious that but, um that, that's that like, that's that's the That's like, that could case. be a yeah.
1: cowardice. I mean, Charles de Gaulle in multiple instances stood up to the Americans in a much weaker situation, arguably, arguably. I mean, he had the whole Algerian crisis, the Vietnam crisis, um, and he's just stood up to it. Britain and Sweden are in fairly comfortable position it's not like it's not like biden could send destroy it maybe they could send destroyers over to sweden and occupy them but like it's not like maybe they could peter hitchens has said that someone once said that they probably could but uh, uh i mean if they said no we're not exporting them or no we're not going along with this plot here what are they really going to do here so i i i think it's a lot of cowardice there and i that that to me is the, 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 the thing a cultural theme park. That that to me is a very vassal like move. I, I would think you would agree.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I I would. That's entirely true. Where are we on to next?
1: The uh we'll click one more point because on that, because he talked about the religious movement. I just want to touch on that again. Uh you know, this is where these sort of the paradise comes in. And interestingly, this is what I thought was interesting. And a while back, I sort of missed this point, but actually, after lots of reading, and particularly of McIntyre, interestingly enough, I actually z- agree with uh, Zizek here um, that you know, liberalism <laughs> might be the sort of utopia here. Uh, and I think it's interesting that Zizek the Communist. Is making that and saying that the liberal order is somewhat unstable and utopian here, and sort of poking at the cracks of it, because Assange is doing what a good liberal citizen is doing. He's criticizing his government. He's, you know, transparency. He's showing them how this war was done on bogus purposes. It it, it had huge amounts of collateral damage, and so forth. So, I, I, what do you make about Zizek here being the critic of liberal, and what do you make about Horowitz's point that uh the left is a religious movement. You've already made that point there, but if you want to add to that. That'd be excellent. Uh,
0: well, uh, let's. Let, I think it's interesting to go to liberals. Um, liberals are utopians in certain respects because um, the liberal vision is, is the man who is sort of unconstrained by civil society. His relations with everybody is purely contractual. There is no inherent uh, goal in human life apart from that which the individual chooses, and he cannot um, – in his, in his liberty and his sort of like free uh, choice should not be interfered with. Um, and free choice is very sort of very broadly defined here. So this is where you can get arguments for, for sort of um, anti-discrimination laws um so that you know you have full flourishing freedom you have very much sort of like a positive sense of it where you have a bizarre situation where you have to have liberty created by a strong central state uh because otherwise you get all these petty Mm -hmm. um uh petty state petty mini states the 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 oppressive hotel etc as we've discussed before um and so uh, liberalism related to that as well has, the, has an underlying sort of cosmopolitanism as well, uh, in which place and people don't really matter that much. Um, and that's kind of the the ultimate sort of uh, view of what a good society should be like. And um, that just flies in the face of empirical reality. People and place matter. And um, people tend to want, as Horowitz mentioned, um, to have meaning beyond themselves and not ones they just created. Um, I mean, um, few, few, few mannequin uh function as uh, the Nietzschean übermensch. Um, so um, that, I think, is interesting with respect to Zizek. And then then the Horowitz. Yeah, I mean, um, the egalitarian, the particular form of egalitarianism that is propagated by the left. Um, the democrats is very much a sort of um, post-christian one you get the idea of christianity that everyone is equal before god Um, and in the roman empire the the the, uh, with christianity it elevates the the status of women and children and that's just sort of like being got on a train and then sent on to everybody being completely equal and then that's going to be sent on to animals and everything is just sort of this great sort of Um, equalitarianism without limit Um, and interestingly as well is odd that well this isn't really Christian but it's religious in the sense that the the, the left kind of treat reality as bad Uh, what we need is is human will Um, because we can again we can be who we are because who we are is really what's inside of ourselves and then that's where you get sort of um, transhumanism and all the trans stuff of various descriptions Um, which is very much invoked with the left, which is a a case of trying to remake uh, reality in what you feel is your is is your true image. Um, And that's and and that is sort of like communing with the divine or in some sort of odd sense, Uh, even though they're obviously, well, in most cases of functionally atheists in a sense. Um, So, um, yeah, those those are my comments on sort of Horowitz and um, Zizek.
1: The final clip we'll do here of the substance is the 720. Let's skip to 726, Mark. Um, CZEC starts with his critique of idealism here.
4: Listen, I'm not an idealist here, in contrast what you think. I am not for total freedom, everything should be made public. But I think these WikiLeaks are not doing this. All I'm saying is when the way great powers structure, a certain level of hypocrisy is reached, then selectively, when simply, how should I put it, uh, of course we are always called to trust the state power, in the sense of, sorry, we have to do certain things discreetly, better that you don't know about it, and I agree, we have to play this game. I'm not a stupid, but when, obviously, this trust is misused, things like Wikileaks, can play a very positive role. Yeah. Sorry, I don't see any danger no, I mean, of collapse. I mean, if, I mean, if, if, if,
3: if we had a new revolutionary order. government, yeah. a new revolutionary government, yeah. and WikiLeaks managed to get hold of the yeah, internal yeah. discussions yeah. of that government, yeah. and we were going to publish it. I will answer your question. Would I be, would I be against the wall? You will agree with
4: me. I cannot resist a joke here. You know what? It's too difficult for me to answer this question now. When I will be part of this revolutionary government, I will send you my answer to your gulag cell in Siberia.
1: <laughs> so I, we can always continue on here with these clips, but we have to sort of stop them. Um, um, and one of the comments that Zizek made, which of course he's not an idealist, um, and he sort of then Assange responds with the uh, what WikiLeaks does, and WikiLeaks is is an interesting organization, which is one of the reasons why I think it's. It's popular by the sort of fringe people and not popular by any centrists here because it'll basically it, it has produced content, which gets people in trouble. And actually, Jimmy Dore and Glenn Greenwald were recently on the show together and they were saying exactly this, that the real crime that Assange did, which is um, he printed emails. He showed things critical of the Democrats. Um, um, that was the real crime he did. Um, it wasn't that he made. Uh, it was sort of the political nature of it. But that's off this. This this dialogue off this sort of this conversation topic here. Um, I, I also think Zizek's comments here about again Zizek the conservative here. Zizek's not the idealist here. Um, Zizek's critical of the sort of like local democracy idea, which is interesting because if you if you boil down to Richard Wolffers, so a lot of people will roll like the Richard Wolffers and David Graeber types in and Chomsky types with Zizek uh, as the, as being sort of one. All, the, the other three will all advocate local democracies and assemblies. But Zizek here is saying, no, this is not going to work. We need a sort of giant bureaucracy here um, to manage things. And Zizek has said that with climate change, which is one of my inspirations for why the left will. Are, we've done an episode, one of our, my favorite episodes. It's actually fairly well watched here. Uh, why the left will never abol- abolish the state. Um, and Zizek said the exact same thing that, you know, this. this and Zizek actually said the same thing on Michael Brooks' show early in the pandemic saying that, you know, local democracy is not going and to and again, it's huge growth of bureaucracy. So what sort of relates back to Horowitz's sort of Hobbesian points now that, you know, a lot of the commenters on this video who are left wing don't like Horowitz's statements um, for being Hobbesian here. But then, you know, it may not be for 9-11 they create the deep state, but for other issues, they have no trouble using the deep state bureaucracy and managerial state. And they will actually use it more fervently than many of the sort of lump and uh horrit supporters here. So the, 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 that's what I thought. And Assange, again, his, what WikiLeaks does is sort of neat here and I, I think it's 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 honorable. So what do you make of those that clip there? My comments on it.
0: Um Yeah, Zizek is is interesting. He has mentioned that things about climate change before. I mean, uh, Zizek, uh, he says not an idealist because I don't actually think Zizek is a communist, uh, despite what he says. Um, Well, that's taken primarily from his debate with Jordan Peterson. He's basically a welfare state capitalist. Um, He doesn't advocate the public ownership of the means of production, um, which is interesting because... um, Peterson, in a somewhat autistic manner, started by saying why the public ownership of the means of production doesn't work. And as you say, well, there's there's, there's new communism. Uh, It's it's different, um, you know, how all sort of leftists respond to any accusation is communism. um, Is it? uh, Oh. Oh, the Jewish guy who debated David Friedman. I can't remember his name. He's allegedly economist Richard Wolff his
1: name yeah i mentioned him richard wolfers i yeah. might I, I i i i get his name wrong too
0: <laughs> um he makes sort of a, a, a similar claim so yeah zizek certainly isn't um an idealist um in that respect um
1: well, well wolfers, wolfers advocates local workplace tomorrow oh yeah yeah I mean, that's, yeah yeah he's, that's who he's I'm a referring a syndicalist.
0: To. yeah 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 so, so um, but i don't think um i don't think zizek is a Wolfers Wolf is Wolf is, um, is sort of like a syndicalism and the welfare state. Um, Zizek just seems to be the welfare state without syndicalism. Uh, that that seems to be pretty much the difference between them. Um, but it's interesting. He says, you know, it was all liberty. You couldn't let these WikiLeaks on everything would be bad. And well. In a sense, yes, that might be true. In certain respects, you might need some things um, to be kept um, uh, secret. Although in a case whereby you have a decentralized society and um, there's less of central planning, um, then any sort of information that comes out is going to be relatively less harmful to the functioning of the overall society. Because, well, OK, I know what Tim will do in the case of a um, as an insurgency. He doesn't know what anybody else will do. Well, he might. I mean, there could be correspondence. But the extent to which you sort of bottom up sort of um, organisation, the problems potentially caused by the uh, information leaks are significantly less. Also, with respect to um, the leaks of Assange, there was always the single claim that um, one of the documents you released left to, led to the death of American soldiers, um, which, uh, according to Brian Vickery, a guy I had on on a Sandra number of months ago, same was has been kept been refuted multiple multiple times. So um, even if Horowitz complains about sort of in principle what WikiLeaks do, um, WikiLeaks seems to be a relatively responsible organisation. They attempted to redact various bits of information which they thought was. Um, going to uh, cause potential harm to people in sort of military conflicts and things um, so WikiLeaks is interesting because they uh, Horowitz says you need ordered liberty. WikiLeaks seems to practice it or at least that's what they claim and I haven't seen anything to the contrary to myself But they don't just en masse publish everything they've been dropped their place. they are quite careful about what they release uh, to make sure that um, it's it does what it's supposed to do, but it doesn't cause undue damage to places where it probably would be a bad idea if it did. Um, so WikiLeaks is an example of sort of ordered liberty uh, not being sort of enforced by a state, but or or even by any legal code as such. But it just decided to do it. Uh, so I do think that that is interesting and is very sort of anti-Hobbesian.
1: I want to rephrase here. It's not that WikiLeaks will publish anything. It's WikiLeaks will publish things critical of the ruling powers to be. Oh, no, 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 no,
0: no, no, I agree. I agree. But it was was on Horowitz's point. It has to be ordered liberty. Horowitz seems to be implying WikiLeaks to publish everything and anything, which is not what they did. Um,
1: That's that's like the CIA who will, will dox certain figures on purpose, just to discredit them. Um, that, yeah. that in, a way, in a way, Or the New York Times will do that. I think they went after the, the blogger, star. the New York Times journalist went after the blogger who runs the Star Slater codex thing. And he basically, I mean, he was like, I'm just a private psychiatrist. I, you know, write under an alias. And he's like, he's like a, new, like, again, I mean, again, I'm not trying to say anything. He's like a New York Jew with like a yeah, science, he is. science. He's like the most militant social figure out. Are you trying to dox yeah. him? <laughs> so it's like, it's like New York times will ruthlessly dox anyone. And they tried to do that with the CNN a while back. Someone had, I think CNN went after a guy with a wrestling uh, meme. who was like posted on his internet. Said, We're going to go after the meme Omer for threatening CNN. Cause they made a meme about him. So yeah, th- these types have no, they have no integrity on this issue. Yes. Yeah, WikiLeaks has been incredibly honest with respect to that. The only thing you could probably argue is or are not. They should just publish even more. I mean, it, like maybe, maybe, maybe we should. If Assange is going to end up in prison anyway, maybe he should have published even more. Uh, so, 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 yeah. As far as order, of liberty, but I do think the order, of liberty point is interesting. Um, those are those are the most substantive ish clips on the video. It does end with a joke where Zizek accuses Horowitz of being a, you know, social. A socialist of human face or something like that, uh, uh, or something like that, um, a sort of national social of human face here. Now, now what's interesting here is Zizek himself, as we just discussed here, it's just a welfare state capitalist here. So, which yeah, you're right that Peterson did the autistic thing and just assumed by communism, he meant, um, uh, he meant the communist manifesto. I think that's a sort of reasonable assumption to make, um, uh, 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 so, so there's a certain degree of what exactly is Zizek arguing. I think you'd be some anti-position or via negativia in the Aquinas term, or a negative position. You know, if, you know, he doesn't want to go out and define it. Um, but you know, Zizek here again is not an advocate of workplace democracy. He's actually a critic of that uh, and knows that's sort of uh, not going to end well here. This is very much unlike I'm recently reading some David Graeber here. That's very much unlike David Graeber or the Wolfers guy who advocates workplace democracy. But those are my sort of precise comments about it. Do you have any more comments here on this on this topic? I think it, I think the three of them, based on their name value, uh, it's sort of like the. I always think this is sort of the closest thing I like, like you know, Zizek, Foucault, Chomsky. Yeah, I think Bertrand Russell sat down in the past with uh, I forget who. They also had Chomsky sat down with the uh, guy for the National Review. So I think it's interesting to get sort of figures that actually. Um, intellectual types who actually move, actually have relevance here. Like the politicians are kind of just sort of lame to listen to and boring, you know, I, you know as much as most of them, at least. So these people have some amount of power. Uh, you know, Zizak does have a lot of tentacles that eventually get to the Sanders movement here. Whatever you think of the Sanders movement. So he knows people that knows people that know Sanders, supposedly. And Horowitz himself. As much as people criticize him. For nine years, he was part of the Black Panthers. Again, I mean, maybe this was just a deep off where he's not, he was always a neocon or something like that. You know, you take sort of Calvinist line, once fallen away, always fallen away or something like that. Um, But I think Horowitz has done, has been on a journey, so to speak. So I think he deserves, at least, he's an interesting person to add into that list. I think, you know, if you brought... And he's confrontational. That's another thing I like about Horowitz. Horowitz has a great critique of the universities here and why you shouldn't go to college. I've always liked that book by him. Again, some people might think it's a little facile, but in a way, I think I think in a way it's entirely true. So that's why I like the conversation. I you know I think it's it's I think it's criminally under viewed. It only has 840,000 views. Um, um um So what what do you make? Do you have any final comments or overall comments to summarize the conversations with it?
0: Um, I do think it's interesting. Uh, they are, they're significantly more interesting than, than politicians. I would be interested to see if um, if Horowitz was a Trotskyist. I don't know that um, because he doesn't – he's very much not of the sort of, uh, oh, capitalism in one country type. Uh, you, you could argue maybe that that would be an example of Ron Paul. You could argue he advocates capitalism in one country. Um, Horowitz certainly doesn't um, – take that view because of the way in which, well, the world uh, needs to be um, ordered and controlled and uh, basically you need empire, and frankly the Americans are the least bad empire you could get, so well, you know, better support the Americans. Um, that's so that's basically Horowitz's ultimate sort of Hobbesianism, which as I mentioned earlier is sort of, and in other episodes, so largely contradictory. Um, but I think Horowitz's most interesting point is the religious nation of the left. The left is definitely uh, in its modern form, uh, uh, especially in the cultural aspect, is, is very much a religious organization. It is not concerned with um, the uh, bread and butter, literal bread and butter for the working man. That is not what they're concerned about. It is uh, becoming who they are and uh, liberating and and. Uh, preventing and being anti-oppression and there's very much sort of like existential uh, questions is what the left um is about and i do think that's uh interesting and it's and the overall it's just nice to see uh, julian assange given a decent sort of uh, public platform and he seems an entirely reasonable guy i mean you might not agree with him but he's not he's not an idiot and he's um he's his, his articulate he and you can defend, defend his views and it's um to the great shame of the british uh, establishment that they have collaborated with the uh, the the swedes to extradite into America where he faces up to one hundred and seventy five years in prison um which is
1: oh which well, by the way which by the way that he might not the one of the hilariousnesses of this of this is or is he might not get charged because they have the New York Times problem. The New York Times problem is Ellsberg and Grand The was summarizing. was that Because other papers worked with WikiLeaks or published documents, in a way, and long enough organizations do it. And since they don't have the sort of, they can't take out the New York Times for, they can't go after the editorial board of the New York Times. Well, I guess they could, but um, the, he might actually not get charged. So that's what the Obama administration said no, they pr- probably to charging him um years back that's what glenn greenwell reporting so even if they get extradited and this is where the process this is the real sad thing it's just sort of like a giant uh they're just sort of in a way they got what they wanted more so by just he got him in prison for three years so far or something like that
0: oh yeah they, they, they might not even think that they can get away with prosecuting him um i've heard various um legal opinions of to that effect. But it's the entire process. And this is what they do. This is what a lot of uh, Western states do these days. They know they can't technically win in court, but what they'll do is they'll string out as long as possible. So the threat of court um, hangs over you for absolutely ages. And maybe you're under, um, you're in prison be- without charge beforehand. Well, so you may be charged, um, but um, you're in prison as well because the court ga- date is going to take ages. And they think you'll abscond, so they'll keep you under house arrest. And it's also just a point, it's just a case of trying to uh, mentally break you down, uh, and that's clearly what they have to do with Assange. So uh, hopefully they will come to the position, if he does get extradited, that they decide not to um, uh, prosecute him. Uh, but um, I imagine he'll just go on for a long, long, long time, because as you point out, I mean, he just published stuff. There's no evidence to my knowledge that he actually published. Um, um, encouraged uh, Bradley Manning to drop the documents there. It was just like a black, like an online place where you could drop it if you wanted to. Um, So it would create great difficulties. I mean, he'd clearly have a very good defense in the First Amendment, I think. Um, But um, yeah, the Assange situation is not good.
1: Um, well, I, I want before you end this, I want to add that the, the what the U.S. done is equal, you I brought up Sweden and Britain. I don't want to distract from what the United States did. The United States did is it, it's, it's extremely heinous. Yeah, I don't agree with it at all. Uh, but it's sort of it's very much a bipartisan thing. That's never a thing. Uh, you know, the Democrats hate him now, the mainstream Democrats hate this guy. And I pointed out on the Vickery episode that like, like he's really been just thrown under the bus. Uh, but the two is I mean, we done an episode on autism, here. I think. I think I mean it's almost to his virtue that he just you know published he published things which are true uh, you know what what can what can you say here so I, I I want this video or transcript of this video to go on I I think uh, it's nice seeing these three figures there so those are my own final comments if you have anything I added thanks for watching it with me it's with him
0: oh yes yeah, so you reminded me uh, the um the WikiLeaks things was was, was uh, leaking all the uh, internal Democratic um. Emails and things prior to the um, 2016 election and how they'd uh, rigged the uh, the questions and things in the debates. Um, so yes, that that's, I remember specifically why the Democrats don't like him. So um, he's very much a um, an honest and um, figure I think with integrity, even if you disagree with them, uh, which makes it all the worse of how he's been dealt with i just now like to thank everyone for listening. If you enjoyed this, please uh, share it with your fan, friends and family or anyone who you think uh, would get something out of it. Uh, the more subscribers we get, the higher we get into search rankings, so please subscribe and like. And if you'd like to contact the show for any reason, please contact us at mindcryinglibertyshow at gmail.com. That's mindcryinglibertyshow at gmail.com.